4: Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, working on your financial freedom. With me here today is a wonderful couple out of the Dallas area. And uh, it's interesting because, you know, there's all kinds of controversy going on about immigration. And whether it exists or it doesn't exist, or whether it's legal or it's not legal, whether it happens or it doesn't happen. And this uh, couple just came here and blew it up so I want them to explain to you how it is possible to come from another country and come here and be successful very successful with us today is Gorov and Miga and that's pronounced Goyal I believe and uh, welcome to the show guys good morning Dale happy to be here Hey, yeah I hope I didn't mess up your names too bad but uh, they're (laughs) they're a little different but uh, nice names (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Gorup, you came here first, right? I did. I came to the U.S. in 2002. And you didn't know me at the time, so you came over by yourself. Tell us, what's, what is the inspiration to change countries and continents?
5: Um, I think, um, I, I, mean, I think it's true even now. U.S. is considered the land of opportunity. And if you are in a country... Where you are looking to do something, um, you know, grow yourself, do something different, look for opportunities beyond what your current environment provides you, U.S. is always that uh, pinnacle of where you want to be. So for me, um, early on when I was, um, uh, I I did, I have a bachelor's in engineering. Uh, One of the things that I wanted to do is, is, is try to expand my horizon and find the best opportunity. And uh, for me, U.S. was the best place to to be. And that's why I, I kind of made it a goal of mine to uh, find a way to be here and and be the best I can be.
4: Well, Amiga, you met Gaurav here in the U- U.S. So what was your thoughts when you were back in India before you came here?
6: So like Gaurav, I also had done my engineering in India. And uh, I had a cousin here in the U.S. And when I looked at him and the things that he... Was achieving, it made me really want to achieve the same things that he was doing. And I really wanted to pursue a master's in engineering also. So that's what brought me here. You know, the truly the land of opportunities, you know, the, 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 the number of different things that you can learn and see and do is, is pretty intense.
4: Well, it's interesting to me because you're both highly educated and I believe that most of the individuals that I've met from India, uh, the culture is motivated to be highly educated. Am I right on that?
6: Yeah, you're right. Um, my my Both my parents have a master's degree. Also, my mom's a doctor, dad's an engineer. Uh, my sister is also a doctor. Same for Gaurav. So we, we've We've been taught that that is what you do in life. You know, you 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 get not one but two degrees, and you know you have to be an A student throughout your life. That's that's pretty much how pretty much all Indian kids are raised.
4: So in the country now, right now, this is this is a a joke, and I'm just letting you know this is a bit of a joke, uh, a bit of a political commentary, a bit of just me being Dell. In a country where everybody has a degree, or two or three, and those degrees end up allowing them to wash dishes and clean streets, because everybody has a degree, you got to bring your degree over here to be able to do something with it? Now, that's a very pointed question. I know you have to take it for what it's meant to do is to stimulate you to explain why. If everybody over there is educated, why can't they make it there? Why do people come to America?
5: Well, everybody aspires to be educated, but not everybody has the means um, necessarily. So not everybody is able to get all the degrees we can. I mean, we come from middle class families back in India, but not everybody is middle class like in the U.S. So we have that challenge. But then also, if you look at the economy of India and the economy of the U.S., the economy of India is a lot smaller. And India has about three times the number of people. So it's, it's harder to find opportunities in India uh, to grow. Um, and if you look at the history, you know, I don't want to go into details of it. You know, India is a younger democracy. Um, you know, they still have a lot to grow when it comes to capitalism and um, individual opportunities. So um, I think we're going there, but it is it is a lot harder in India to succeed and there's still a lot of people who don't have the opportunities to to study or or to get jobs that can get them what they want to get.
4: Well, your success has been phenomenal, which we're going to cover totally today, so don't worry about that. That's where we're headed. I just want to get this last question out, and then we'll, we'll move on, and that is this. How do you feel as immigrants, and I believe, are you now citizens, by the way? Yes. Okay. As citizens who fought to become citizens. How do you feel about the people in our country now trying to turn us into a third-world socialistic country?
5: Um, You know, it's it's a complicated question. (laughs) Um, You know, it's something we, we struggle with, right? We do what we like about being here and why we've called... US, our home, our new home, uh, we've been here for almost 20 years, is the opportunity for anyone to achieve anything, whether it is an immigrant, whether it's someone who was born here, for whatever uh, background, uh, religion, race you come from, you have an opportunity to become anything you want. I think anything that helps that is what we are for, and anything that is taking that away from it being that free country that's what concerns us more than anything because for us the reason we have been successful is because we came to this open country where anybody can achieve anything if they put in the hard work and the effort and we want this country to remain that way
4: so you uh you came over here you went to university of texas in austin and uh Got a degree or multiple degrees, as you would say. You know, one's not enough for a fine Indian family, right? <laughs> so you got <laughs> these degrees, and you had to make something. So, how did you meet your wife? We met in Dallas, actually. We, we. You
5: want to? You want to uh, maybe speak to it?
6: <laughs> we, uh, yeah. Um, we had some common family that introduced us, um, Gaurav and me, and, and Gaurav was was here. He had finished his masters, and and so had I. And uh, we just met on a random Sunday, I think. And um, yeah, and as they say, the rest
4: is history. Wow, that's interesting. So, was this just a random meeting, falling in love, or was this arranged type of deal?
5: I would say it's a mixed. Uh, we were introduced by family, but it was our decision. It was not a traditional, I would say a little bit more stereotypical definition of range where people arrange it and you have to follow. But we didn't get introduced by family, but we did meet in Dallas without family. And we decided (laughs) uh, ourselves and then our family followed our decision.
4: You know, I read somewhere, uh, and this is just really off the off the cuff here, but I read somewhere that like arranged marriages have like an 89% chance of success, whereas non-arranged marriages are only like 60, 70% like that successful. So it, it might be the right thing to let your parents make that good, powerful decision for you instead of yourself when you're emotionally, uh, you know, oh my gosh, I so much love you. <laughs> Craziness. So we we got some kids coming in here now. How old are the kids now? They came along a little while after that, huh?
6: Yeah, so our twins
4: are ten years old now, Mari and Eve. So, how long were you here, or how long were you together before you started looking into real estate? What what prompted you to look into real estate?
5: Um, so, we were—I mean, we were having corporate careers, we were raising kids, the usual, living living the American life, and uh, in 2016. Um. You know, I was constantly looking for ways to get out of investing in stock market because even with a business degree, I'm terrible at investing in stock. Uh, I just was extremely unsuccessful and I felt like that was so out of control and so random that I could not really do a good job. And um, I met a friend at work who introduced me to lifestyles. And even though I did not have much background in real estate, I liked the consistency, the growth, the reality of real
4: estate versus the... All right, let's hold it right there. We'll be back in just a moment. We're going to have to take a short break. We'll be right back with Gaurav and Amiga and the Del Wamsa Radio Show.
1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Talk thirteen seven. the right choice.
3: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dal Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Gaurav and Miga Goyal. And they're out of the Dallas area, and they've done a couple apartment complexes. It looks like uh, that when we went to break, uh, we had to cut them off a little bit. So I'm going to let uh, go, go back to his story. Rob, you were you were talking about the fact that you were looking to find something other than the stock market, and that uh, you had heard about it somewhere from a friend, I think. So go ahead and pick it up from there. Yeah,
5: thanks, Dell. So yeah, we, we I heard from a colleague about um, lifestyles and. And and around October, September, October 2016 is when I attended one of those uh, free workshops. I got to know about uh, Lifestyles Unlimited, joined as an SFP member, which allowed me to go to a weekend class with uh, the great David Fisher. (laughs) And and after attending that, um, it was very clear to me that this is the answer. This is what I've been looking for. And uh, I joined pretty much immediately and started investing immediately.
4: Uh,
5: And I've never looked back.
4: So which one of you want to give uh, the tale of the light bulb going off? In other words, I always ask this question. It's my favorite question. You're sitting there in a two day and the light bulb goes on over your head and metaphorically and you say, wow, that's what I didn't get. Now I get it.
5: Um, So I did the two days first. So I'll I'll, I'll, uh, share mine and Megha can share if she has anything more to add to it. For me, David Fisher and, um, you know, I really appreciate his style because he made it understandable. And he made it sound like it can be done by anyone who puts in the effort. Uh, Before Real Estate was such a, uh, you know, It was such an imposing thing for me that I couldn't even think. I mean, I had thought about it, but I didn't know where to start and whether it's something I could even handle. But his way of showing the numbers, and I'm an engineer, so numbers helped me understand how it all works. And then showing how it can be done and the support group that Lifestyles brings, it made it so comfortable uh, for me to imagine investing in real estate.
4: How about Miga? What was the light bulb moment for you?
6: So I went to a case study in which one of the leads who was presenting looks like me. She talks like me, and it was very it was very heartening to see that somebody with my background, with the kind of education that I had, with no real estate background, had done something so awesome. Um, and you know, she was sharing all her numbers and and everything that she had done with her property. That
4: was the light bulb moment for me when I realized, okay, we can also do this. Excellent. Uh, I don't know who you're speaking of, but I would guess, <laughs> and if it's the one I'm thinking <laughs> of, she won the National Apartment Association Investor of the Year Award. Yeah. So she's quite a, quite a lady, put it that way. Excellent. So um, you guys, when you came out of there and you both had a chance to, to listen to the material, let's be the fly on the wall and let's hear what you two were talking about. What did you decide to do?
5: Well, uh, uh, I I would say that I was a little bit more anxious to get started than Mingha was, <laughs> um, put it nicely initially. And I just wanted to get started with an investment because, you know, I knew that if I tried to understand every, you know every single piece of information, I would never be able to get started. Um, you know, analysis paralysis. Um, so I basically found a deal that actually just came out as I was, as I, um, as I had become a member, and um, uh, met the person, talked to other people who knew the person, read the PPM, understood the numbers, made sure that they aligned with my uh, future, and then I just went ahead and made an investment. I think that getting off the couch and doing something was probably the best thing I did. Uh, that this was back in 20, 2016,
4: before the year ended. So what kind of deal that was, was that? Probably. What type of deal was that? Because I don't see that on your resume. Um, it
5: was a passive deal. Uh, it was a hybrid passive deal Okay. Uh, for property in Dallas.
4: All uh, right, so you started out passive. Yes. Okay. How many passive deals did you do before you decided to go ahead and be a lead yourself? Um, we did about six passive deals before we
5: decided to become leads. Um, I think as being a passive for a couple of years was really good for us because we could actually learn more about the properties, uh, the, the process of managing a property um, and, and learn more from our experience
6: as passive. Yeah, and I think we... we... We joined Lifestyles in 2016 November, but then I think by like in a year after watching what all the leads are doing and what, you know, like we felt like we had the education and then we took the, uh, we took the lead certification at the end of 2017 and that's what really got us into believing that this was something that we could do. So we'd done about six passive deals by then and that's when we said, okay, we have to jump into this ourselves now.
4: When you were doing passive deals, what was more important to you, the lead investor or the deal, the structure of the deal?
5: Good question. It's it tough. I would say I was more influenced by the lead investor. Um, the deal structure had to make sense. But the thing with the deal is nothing is, ever occurs perfectly to plan. And you can read the numbers and try to nitpick it, but it's, again, it's a investment the lead investor is making their best judgment call, but you cannot expect that to go perfectly as planned. But I, as long as you know that the lead investor can handle the situations, um, is knowledgeable, is committed, then I was comfortable that even if there was something that bad happened, um, the lead investor could handle it.
4: Very good point. Uh, there's an old saying, I don't know if you've ever heard it or not going to engineering school, but... What do you call the top person in their class and the bottom person in their class? Engineer. (laughs) (laughs) Good one. (laughs) Yep, and so there is a difference, isn't there? Yeah. Quite a bit. All right, so um, we we come out, we do some passive deals, and uh, that gets you going. It allows you to walk along with the financial statements, which is really good. And then it also allows you to realize how capital is raised. Um, you get to see the process. You can be available to the operations if you want, although you don't have to. And so you, you've progressed yourself along. And then one day, it hits you. <laughs> and you said that it was taking the classes to be a, a certified lead that really puts you over the top. But one day you wake up and go, wow, why am I giving away 20% of my profit to this guy <laughs> when I can be the guy that gets the 20% override and uh, make all the money, make the big money, right? And or maybe even have enough coming in that I can go ahead and retire from my job. That's the question we're going to cover when we come back. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with uh, Gorav and Mahi, Meg. I couldn't say it. Mehe. Be right
1: back.
3: talk 1370 the right choice welcome back now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire america one person at a time del wamsley
4: welcome back to del wamsley radio show with me here today is go rob and miga goyle and they're out of the Dallas area, and we've just got to the point of their story. We're going to talk about how they decided to go from being a passive investor to being a lead investor. Who wants to pick that one up? What was the family conversation that said, "Hey, we need to do this"?
6: So I think um, a few things happened, right? So we we'd, we'd already invested with some really good leads, and we'd been reading their um, monthly reports. Uh, we'd been going to a lot of case studies and meeting other leads, and so we, we were getting a pretty good idea on how um, leads were managing their properties. Uh, but, you know, there's always that thing that, you know, that we didn't know how to do it ourselves. And at that point, when Lifestyles came up with the, the uh, certification program for leads, and we took that, while we were doing it, we were actually on, on, on a road trip, and, and Gaurav and I were discussing the, the course the entire time. And that's when, you know, we realized that this is something, you know, we're so used to have, the way we do our daily jobs is, you know, we have timelines and we have milestones and that's how we work. And this is very similar to that. So the, the process seemed like it was something that that both of us could do. And plus, you know, it was all about numbers, which both of us are very comfortable with and working with spreadsheets. So that's when we realized that this was something that we definitely must pursue and, and figure out. How to go about about something
5: else and, and, I, and I think I just enjoyed it. I mean that was my driver is. I thought this was a lot more fun than my job, and I said, you know, passive is fun, but I think I think my future the, what I like to do is be a lead and not just have a job in my career, which I enjoyed, but this seemed a lot more challenging and a lot more fun. So I was ready for a change.
4: So let's talk about um, something that would be uh, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes hindrance to people that are engineers. And that is, in general, and this is a broad stroke generalization, I hope you understand. Uh, In general, engineers are not really friendly people. (laughs) They're not people people. They're not salesmen, put it that way. How did you get out there and raise capital and build confidence uh, in you, by other people,
5: I I think it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I was hearing David Fisher say that other time, and he says I don't understand. But this lifestyle seems to attract the most number of engineers. He asked everyone to show their hands in the group that was in a class, and more, you know quite a few of them hands went up, and he says I don't know, understand. I think I think um, I mean we are friendly people, approachable people to start with. But at the same time, yeah, some of us may be introverts and not extroverts, um, you know. But, but but we understand numbers and we understand risks and we understand budget. Um, at least I had experience doing that, so I could pro- I could talk to investors in that language, and I could talk about returns. I could talk about risk. I could talk about uh, how I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and. It's not in a vacuum. You are meeting people. Lifestyle provides a lot of opportunity to network with like-minded investors. So you get to meet people. So um, you do have to go out and attend these events and meet people, and they have to meet you and, and get comfortable with you. So doing our preparation, you know, reaching out to people, making them known that this is who we are, this is what we're doing, this is what our plan is, um, it got us enough people who were interested in investing in us. Um, and, you know, we didn't have any trouble raising money, uh, thankfully. Uh, but but we did do our homework.
6: Yeah, but Del, you know, you bring up a good point because the first time when I was in a networking event, I'm 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 a big introvert and I'm I'm very shy. So for me to be standing there and handing out casts was was probably one of the most you know it was not a very natural thing for me to do. And so, yeah, you're right. You know, as engineers, it's, for me especially, it's been much harder than it's been for God Goro oh God. It was way more educated
4: than I am. <laughs> I don't know if it's educated, but it's definitely, there is a skill set to being a people person. There's no doubt. Were you guys surprised when you first came to Lifestyles how open people were? And I ask you that as just generally, I ask everybody that. But I would also put a sideline in here. I have an Indian Family that is friends of mine, that they go out to eat with us all the time, and they're really, you know, really close friends. And yet, even though they're really close friends, they don't like how open we are about money and finances. And we ask them all <laughs> stuff about themselves, and they're like, "What?" Well, just they don't want to tell you, you know. Were you surprised how open people were about their finances and about what these deals were doing? Yeah, absolutely. That's a
5: really good. Nobody said that. It's actually very true. it It's most open. People are about finance and what they want to achieve. Um, um, It's it's out in the open. It's not hidden. It's not like it's not boastful, right? If someone says I have this much network, it's not boastful. It's more like I can do it. You can too, right? Um, And and you know coming to lifestyle, I definitely found people to be extremely welcoming, open arms, you know, right from the staff to leadership to the members you know you 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 instantly get um included in the group and you always have things and and being in real estate you always have real estate to talk about and that was one thing we found is very different from our current friend circle which was a little bit different conversation but when we are at lifestyle we're talking about our passion real estate what they are doing what we are doing and what our families are doing so that part was amazing. We met we met some amazing people. We made some really good friends. So for us, it was, uh, we definitely were welcome with Open
4: Up. You know, it's funny you say that because it, it really reminds me of two things. One, it reminds me how when we go out to eat with people uh, that are Lifestyles members and, you know, spend time, personal time, is that they really motivate you. They They're, they're excited about you getting ahead as much as they are excited about themselves getting ahead. And the other thing I'll bring up is that what you just said is that it, it's sort of this statement right here that I made 30 years ago. Um, and I can't remember where I picked it up, but it's actually a great statement. It says, uh, I'm, tell- I'm, I'm not telling you this to impress you. I'm telling you this to impress upon you that you can do it, too. Very good point. Very good. So uh, as you went out there, let's talk about your first lead deal. What did you love about that first deal? What did Why did you want it? What was it about it that said, that's the one?
5: Um, so, it was a deal in a suburb of Euless, a suburb that we actually, very close to that we used to live, so we knew that suburb. Um, it was owned by an existing lifestyle member, so we knew, we knew a lot of information about the deal that as a typical buyer, you would not, because we could talk to the seller openly and have Open conversation. Um, it was the right size for us, for where we were in our financial life, um, um, and it had. Uh, it was a hybrid. It was. It was taking on enough that we'll get the experience, but not um, biting more than what we could chew. So, um, this was presented to us by a lifestyle agent. We loved the whole story behind this, how and what the what the current owners had done at that point, and. Uh, we jumped in. We, we thought this was a perfect size, perfect area for us, and uh, we, we, the, the, the numbers and all worked really well.
6: Yeah, and then the other thing about this deal was because you know it it had it had been maintained and and managed by a lifestyle member, we knew that going in there would not be that much work to do, which we were scared of because you know it was our first deal, and we wanted to do justice to all our investors. So it had the right amount of, you know, what could we bring to the table to make the deal work for us as well as what was already in the property.
4: Excellent. Great stepping stone, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent job. Uh, now, for those that are all over the country here, uh, Euless, Texas, let's let's see if we can chip this one into the, put this one into the green. Uh, Euless is kind of between Fort Worth and Dallas. Is that where it's at?
5: Yes, closer to Fort Worth, but yes. Yeah.
4: Okay. So it's kind of out there in the middle. Excellent. So you, it's, it's a good location. Uh, I know that that area is a highly rentable area. So that's good. And you've got something you could get your hands around because you could see who had owned it before. That's that's really good points right there. That makes it a lot easier, doesn't it, than to go into something that you have no idea what you're getting? Absolutely. Great. All right. Well, I think we're going to come up here on a break. We'll see how much time we have. About 30 seconds left. So um, this just fill in a little details for these people. This is a 58-unit in Euless, Texas. They acquired it in June of 2018. Hybrid, for those of you that don't know from listening to the show, that is it has the qualities of already making money and yet the potential to make a lot more. It has a yield play and a value play additive in both of them. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Go Rev and Mega and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
3: Talk 1370. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
4: Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Gorav and uh, Mega Goyle, and uh, they're uh, lead investors out of Dallas, Texas area. And um, they're talking, we, when we went to break, they were talking about their first deal, which was a 58-unit new list. Uh, let's, now, let's move forward now. Let's talk about the second deal. How long was it after you did the first deal you felt like you were ready to move on to the second deal?
5: Um, so... We bought the first in June 2018, and we took about six months to just stabilize uh, the deal, uh, especially since it was the first investment. And we started making distributions to our investors in quarter three. So it was in the first quarter, uh, quarter three since the ownership, or first quarter of 2019, we started doing distributions. And that's when we felt comfortable that we had we uh, you know we had um, uh, made the uh, done the rehab that we needed to do we had um, you know provided the feature the the things that we wanted to uh, provide in terms of features for the residents and we were ready to find our second deal uh, at the end of first quarter of uh, 2019 so we started our search uh, right around April 2019 for a second deal
4: now the second deal was 64 units
5: yeah, it was a 64-unit in Irving, Texas, uh, which is another um, suburb uh, between Dallas and Fort Worth.
4: And what did you like about this one? What attracted uh, you to this deal?
5: I, I think the most we liked was the fact that it uh, it was, again, in a city that we are very familiar with. It was a city that um, is right near the airport, which is, if you know Dallas-Fort Worth, it's right near in the middle of the Dallas Worth Metroplex uh it was near a highway it was on a, in, on a busy intersection and we found that it was not being managed very well um and uh we felt that just by doing a better job in managing making the proper you uh, know I mean, doing some things like improving um the interiors um adding a fresh coat of paint uh, improving the office, we could really make the property stand out in the neighborhood because there was enough traffic going on and there was enough people who were willing to move to that city that we felt the rest would be fine. It was just a property that wasn't managed as well as we thought we could do. Um, so we we liked the property, we liked the location, um, and uh, we, we jumped in.
4: So confidence has got to be soaring now. You've got one under your belt, you've turned it around, you're paying distributions, you've tied up another one and started it. Uh, At this point here, were you starting to think yet of a long-term plan?
5: I think so. You know, by the time we bought a second property, I think my plan to do this more full-time were taking roots. Where I felt like this is this is now looking like I can see a light at the end of the tunnel there um I would do this um you know put my put all my time on this and enjoy doing it. um Don't get me wrong, there are moments where it's uncertainty and you know' any business and challenges but but I enjoyed the challenges I enjoyed working through them.
4: by the time you got to the third deal, you more than doubled your third what you did on the first two deals. Um, I, I've, I think I've misstated that. It was as much as the first two deals put together. It's the way I should say that. It's, it's 137 units or so. Uh, this was a big step from going from a, a, a mid-50s, 60s unit up to, you know, 137 doors. What gave you the confidence you could do that? I think
5: our experience our network and lifestyle, our investors who were asking us to uh, find more deals. So we knew that there was enough investment capital out there, um, and we learned over the last first two deals, you know, through mistakes or through just by working through challenges, that we would we were much better prepared. Um, we also knew that. Having a bigger deal means we'll have better economy of scale when it comes to payroll and um, other purchases that we need to make. Um, and we could take a bigger challenge at that stage.
4: Well, that those three deals together have got to be giving you, uh, let's see, 130, another 600, 200, 250 units. And then you have uh, all of your passive deals. So you've got thousands of units now, right?
5: Yeah, <laughs> in four short years. less than four years.
4: Wow, that's got to make you feel good.
5: It does. Mm. It, it's a warm blanket in the winter. <laughs> it, it makes me feel like you know we are we we are secure. Our financial future is secure, and uh, you know now we can decide how much we want to turn the knob in the future. Um, and it's really our choice
4: now versus, you know, somebody else's choice. So I'm going to ask you a personal question. This is, you know, pretty personal, but I think it, it if you know my personality, you know, it's not trying to be in, in, invasive in any way, invasive, I'm sorry, is that what about your fa your family, friends? What do they think about you being this real estate entrepreneur now? I mean... You know, you should just be college educated, be an engineer. I mean, that's what everybody should want to be, is have a job and be an engineer. You're now a business person and successful. What do they think about that, your friends and family?
5: I I think it's a great question. I think um, initially everybody is skeptical. Um, They don't know what it is. And it it, it sounds too good to be true, really, right? If you don't go through it, you don't meet the people who have gone through it. Um, you don't have anybody in network. It sounds too good to be true. But now they, now, after doing this for a few years, I think there is a healthy sense of understanding and uh, uh, respect that we have done what we've done and and they're not scared for us. <laughs> and almost I feel like I, I am a you know, when I talk to them and I'm not trying to force them into this, I want them to find their way into this. But I would like them to explore lifestyle, come to real estate if they haven't done this. And um, some, some of our friends and family are just stuck in their ways right now. It's not their time yet <laughs>
4: to explore well, I thank you very much for coming on today, guys, and sharing your story because it's going to open the eyes for a lot of people. And for the rest of you out there, remember this. We're not doing this for a little money. We're doing it for a lifestyle. Have a great day
3: taught, so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Access past show podcasts and join the conversation.